The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hi, Ever, and welcome to the Ask Theory Podcast. Hi! Hi, Mikael! So, kumusta? Okay naman. <laughs> Thankfully, okay tayong lahat because of the <laughs> pandemic. But yes, every day we're surviving. <laughs> yes. Oh, doing our best. Oh. Yes. Wala tayong choice kasi, Char. <laughs> <laughs> yun yung masakit eh, no? Walang choice eh. Pero yun nga, while we're fortunate enough to be able to do the things that we have to do, gagawin natin siya. So, yes. Yeah. And and for you, from what I understand, that work involves something that affects all of us. Something na nakikita natin actually. <laughs> nakikita mm-hmm. natin when we literally look outside our windows. But but before we get into that, I would like our listeners to know a little more about you. So can you tell us a bit about yourself, the things that you're doing right now, and most importantly, how you fell in love with science? Yeah. Okay. So, hi, I'm Ever. I'm the Air Quality Specialist of Clean Air Asia. So, Clean Air Asia is an international NGO focused on achieving cleaner air in Asian cities. So, not only in the Philippines, but in Asia. And my background is on biochemistry and environmental science. And I got to this because... Actually, ever since, I've been really interested with science because it answers a lot of things. So it stems from curiosity. Lahat ng questions, basically, supposedly, science can help you answer. So malaking factor then, of course, would be Siniskwela. Yes, so 90s kids growing up wherein you have a visual of people. Well, may sila tao. So, pero diba parang nagpapavisualize eh, na atom, tapos ito, pupunta ako dito, explain ko bakit ganito yung nakikita or napapansin natin. And that was very helpful, having a visualization na science can explain why things happen, parang ganun. And yeah, so now what I, I do, I originally wanted to focus on marine pollution since my background is on chemistry, licensed chemist. I wanted to really focus on environmental pollution kasi diba, grabe eh, gata-gata ng Pilipinas tapos bakit hindi maayos, bakit hindi healthy ang environment and when that happens, it also affects the health of the people and then I moved to, actually not intentionally, but I got into air pollution because originally nga, diba, I wanted water. Pero basically, it's the same problems. You have different sources and then you really want to control the source. And then basically, kasi kapag hindi nangyari yun, it will affect the environment, organisms, and ultimately the health. Sa air pollution, you mentioned, actually, nakikita natin siya. But the challenge is sometimes then hindi na din siya nakikita. Lalo na kapag hindi ganun kataas sometimes yung level of pollution or sometimes the pollutants are actually invisible. So that's the challenge with air pollution. We sometimes, in, in most cases, we don't see it. In some cases, we also do not even smell it. Pero 
we are all experiencing it. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of putting it, no? Na whether or not we are consciously aware of it, it's there and you know, it's something that we have to deal with. But you know, if you were to take all of that and sort of like pour all of that into a single sentence, As your mission statement as a scientist, what would that sentence be like? And feel free to elaborate. Okay, so basically my my mission as a scientist, and it's actually kind of weird, no, when we, when, well, for me to label myself as, as a scientist, kasi parang we see this vision na pag-scientist, alam niya na lahat ng mga sagot. But actually, in reality, it's a continuous process of finding out more information. And me, my mission is to contribute by using science in making better decisions. So specifically, I want to use science so that we can have better decisions that will allow people to have a healthy environment. Because when you have a healthy environment, you have a healthy life. Rin. Specifically for, for air, I envision that maybe dapat, someday everyone has equal access to clean air in the same way that We have been talking about about water. Clean water is a basic right. More so for Aaron, because you have no choice. Eh? I mean, it's not like you can hold your breath or even move elsewhere. It can still move. Uh, it can still be transported. So my point is that ang gusto ko na envision ko, mayaman ako, mahirap, in power or not, I should be able to live in an environment where it's healthy. Wow. Yeah, that's a. Napakaganda and I totally agree na it's, it's something that dapat lahat tayo na-experience natin eh. Parang, yeah, right. it's, it's something that we all deserve to have or we all deserve to experience. Especially here in the Philippines where air pollution remains a, I would say, a big problem. And I think my next question is bordering on generalization and it might be a bit I would understand if it's a bit difficult to answer but to just sort of start that discussion can you share with us some of your insights about the overall status let's just put it that way the overall status of air pollution here in the Philippines grabe ba talaga ang air pollution dito sa Pilipinas and so in general pag sinabing Philippines it's not as bad as some countries in Asia. But dun pa lang sa statement natin, we have to be very careful. Kasi pag sinabi kasi nating air pollution sa isang country, basically parang ina-average mo na yung data for the whole country. And that's not going to be very accurate kasi air quality can really change a lot by space, meaning sa iba't ibang lugar, iba-iba yung level ng pollution, and also by time. Kasi even within the day, merong levels ng pollution na mas mataas. Tapos depende pa siya sa type of pollution. So, for context, sige, it's not as bad as some monitoring sites in Asia, but it's also not ideal. So, siguro para maikwento natin na it also depends on your perspective. Kasi halimbawa, If 
nung the whole time na start ng work sa sa air pollution, parang sanay na sanay naman tayo kung ano yung mga ginagawa natin sa Philippines. Lalo, uh, for a long time sa TAFT ako nag-aaral. High school, college, tapos may project din kami sa TAFT. Ganyan. Nagturo din ako sa Lasal, sa Sabine Yield. So, kumbaga, yun na kumbaga, yung quote-unquote normal para sa'yo. Pag nandun ka sa TAFT, nag-commute ka, nag-jeep ka, nagbabas FX. Tapos, nung nagkaroon kami ng project with German partners, and actually doon ako nag-start kasi napunta sa air pollution, yung mga German scientists, pag napunta sila dito, minsan nagsabi sila na parang they can feel it in their throat, ganyan. So parang, oh, inisip ko ng time yung arte naman ito. <laughs> Normal lang naman. <laughs> um, nangyari, kasi part of the training was that we stayed in Germany for quite some time, tapos every year may months na bumabalik doon. So you get to have an idea pala na ah, ganito pala kasi yung malinis na <laughs> So, meron siyang context na ganun. So, may pumapasok din yung perception. So, kung pag-usapan naman natin ay in terms of ano ba yung standard or ano ba yung ideal for context sa Southeast Asia, Uh, based on recent 2020 data, or kung hindi available yung 2020 data, we looked at yung mga most recent nila na data ng PM 2.5. So para maipaliwanag, kasi sometimes people also get bombarded with, ano ba itong mga pollution na ito? Basta pag pollution, pollution, meron pa kasi silang iba-ibang klase ng pollution. Important na alam din natin, kasi ang bawat isa na pollutant, Iba-iba rin yung kaya niyang doing effect sa environment at saka sa health. So, yung PM 2.5, ito yung madalas na nire-report. So, it means particulate matter. So, particles siya sa hangin. So, ano ibig sabihin ng number? Yung number na yun, yun yung kanyang sukat. So, masyado siyang maliit. Micrometers na kasi siya. So, yung 2.5 na PM 2.5, 2.5 micrometers. So, imagine mo pag hinawahan yung hair, yung strand ng hair, divide mo yun by 20 times. Ganun siya kapit. Sobrang liit na. Diretso yun sa lungs. Kaya, yun yung problema. Kasi, diretso mo siyang ma-inhale sa lungs. Tapos, minsan, may iba pang pollutants na sumasakay sa kanya. Tapos, yun, sama-sama na siya. Papasok na siya sa lungs. So, okay, how does it relate to ano ba yung ideal dapat? So, the WHO, the World Health Organization, meron silang air quality guideline values. Kung baga, in an ideal world, dapat hindi lalagpas dito. Kasi yung global evidence shows na kapag lumagpas ka na dito, mataas na yung chance na magkakaroon na siya ng significant health effects. So, for context, sa WHO, nirevise ito noong 2021 kasi ganun ka-urgent yung needed action globally na noong 2021, kailangan siyang i-revise. Yung una kasing set of guideline values, it was in 2005. So, marami yun for different pollutants. So, in the context of PM 2.5, dati 10 microgram siya. Pero ngayon, ang advice nila dapat... 5 na lang, 5 micrograms per cubic meter. Anari kong kwento, pero for, para din ma-share ko, parang ang sinasabi kasi mo, ano may ibig sabihin itong mga numbers na to? So, kung, at least may idea tayo kung gano'ng haba ang 1 meter, di ba? 1 meter. So, para siyang isang di pa. Tapos, gawa ka ng cube out of that. So, meron kang box na 1 meter yung distance, uh, 1 meter yung sides niya. 
imagine mo, meron kang box. So, sa loob ng 1 meter cube na box na yon, dapat yung total mass lang ng PM2.5 ay 5 micrograms. Dapat ganun lang kababa. So, kasi otherwise, mataas na chance na magkaroon ng health effects. So, imagine niyo na lang, unfortunately, if, if you have read of news, halimbawa kapag may mga agricultural burning or halimbawa even kahit sa, sa states yung merong mga forest fires na umaabot ng 100 plus, 200 plus, 300 plus. Tapos na inhale yun. And in, in the Philippines, ang actually in Southeast Asia, walang nakareach ng 5, not even 10 micrograms per cubic meter. Lahat lagpas, way higher. So, there's so much work that we have to do, lalo na kung ang gusto nga talaga natin, yung continuously maganda yung quality of air. Meron din actually na madalas namin tong panapaliwanag kasi minsan may mga news reports, you know, of nirarank yung mga cities. Yan. So, we have to be very careful kasi halimbawa, it will always be dependent on where you put your monitoring instrument. So, pag nilagay ko yung monitoring instrument sa tabi ng emission source, halimbawa, sa tabi ng kalsada, it will always have higher values compared sa if nilagay ko yung monitoring equipment ko sa my garden or sa my school, sa my field na walang tao masyado. Kasi ito yung mga narinig namin dati na, oh wow, grabe, best in the world, air quality in this province, ganyan. And walang masama na maging proud, of course, pero kailangan malinaw na saan ba yung monitoring equipment. Kasi actually kahit nga within a few meters, pwede nang magbago yung quality ng air, depending kung gano'n siya kalapit sa, sa instrument mo. Tapos meron pang factor yung meteorology or yung hangin, yung init ng araw, pati yung mga possible na ibang pag-ulan, iba pang factors tulad din ng pressure. So, kailangan lang ma- malinaw yung pagpapaliwanag kung anong parte ba yung sinukatan, tapos ano rin ba yung, in general, what's the baseline in that area? For example, if you have a monitoring site in a in a relatively clean space, halimbawa, Rizal Park. So, the, the city of Manila, in partnership with Clean Air Asia, meron silang sensor na nakadeploy sa Rizal Park. This serves as technically a background information na, okay, consistently, relatively, mas mababa talaga tong sa part na to compared sa mga roadsides. Kapag tumaas siya, so specific example ulit, may time na nagmumonitor kami na na napansin namin na pati sa Rizal Park, sobrang tumatas yung values. So, it means na mas large scale yung source ng pollution as compared kung consistently, mas mataas lang siya sa may roadside kasi nanggagaling mismo sa mga usok. So, meron siyang factor na kailangan nating alamin lagi kung saan mismo sinukat yung air pollution. Yeah, I, while you were explaining all of this, and dami kong naisip and naalala na yung the way air pollution was being reported and covered throughout these past few couple of years actually. And then I, I also found it interesting that the guidelines were changed yung nabanggit mga kanina in 2021 which is year two of this pandemic. 
And then naisip ko rin na over the past two years, ang dami kong nakikita or ang dami nating nakikita on social media na yung mga tipo bang the earth is healing. Uh, dahil ang mga tao ay nasa loob lang ng bahay. Uh, ang linaw na ng sky, ang ganda ng mga karagatan, etc., etc. So, na-curious lang ako. Tapos, kasi, I, I, I mean, I, I've been reading conflicting things. And again, yun nga, mahirap mag-generalize. Pero, what can you say about yung mga ganyang the earth is healing during the pandemic? May, may, may basis ba in data yan? So, ang maganda nito, kasama pa rin dun sa project namin sa Manila, nakapag-deploy kami January. So, bago yung peak, eh, bago yung start ng lockdown sa, sa Philippines. So, for context, if ang basis mo ng place na pinag-oobservahan mo ay yung lugar na highly polluted, so for example, in a very high traffic zone, nung nag-lockdown, lalo na nung March 2020, diba? sobrang strict lockdown, parang nag-ghost town talaga. So, it's true na during that time, na very strict yung lockdown, around one week, two weeks, pababa talaga yung measurements. Pero, hindi yun sustained. Kasi, once na mag-start na ulit yung mobility ng mga tao, mag increase din siya. And that's very specific for that, for most roadsides. For for context, dito rin papasok yung na-mention natin na merong factor yung meteorological conditions. Kasi halimbawa, in some areas, so there's this paper na pinapaluanag niya na, uh, so in Korea, na technically, hindi nagkaroon ng drastic na improvement in air quality. Dahil technically, hindi naman nag complete lockdown ang Korea. Hindi kasi sila nag, nag-strict na bawal lumabas, na bawal yung mga sasakyan. Hindi sila na ganun. And then may factor din na some of the air masses nanggagaling sa ibang country na meron ding dalang pollution. So, it's very, um, pa- parang hirap no? kasi laging ang generic sagot ay depende. Saan ba yung lugar na pinag-uusapan natin? So, kung back sa Philippines, kung ang pinag-uusapan natin, limbawa, Taft, definitely, naging, medyo naging ghost town kasi walang mga estudyante, walang school. So, tapos nabawasan yung mga public transport na dumadaan, so mababa talaga doon. Pero halimbawa, let's say sa port area, hindi naman bumaba ang number ng mga, hindi, sorry, hindi naman bumaba yung volume eh, kasi lalo na for industries. Hindi naman sila sobrang nagbawas ng, ng operations, lalo na right after the strict lockdown in 2020, parang after that, it's almost the same. Even in areas with, let's say, mga planta, mga manufacturing, hindi naman sila nag-complete shutdown. So, the earth is healing is a bit, I think may, may factor din na syempre hopeful tayo. Pero medyo mahirap siyang, hindi siya maja-justify ng ganun kasimple lang. Lalo na pagdating sa air pollution na babalik tayo sa saan bang lugar yung pinag-uusapan natin. Saan ba tayo nag-measure? Parang ganyan. Saka meron ding mga days of the year talaga na mas maaliwalas yung skies. Dahil yung movement ng air masses, mas merong, so may tinatawag na dispersion or yung paghahalo ng 
atmosphere. So kahit ba merong hindi, kahit ba hindi nagbago yung sources of pollution mo because of the movement of air masses or yung mixing in the atmosphere, parang mas nadidisperse siya. So parang mas maaliwalas. Tapos, if naalala natin, di ba nung Taal volcanic eruption last year, yun, mas grabe yung impact sa mga tao kasi nakikita natin eh. Talagang nag-gray yung sky as what they would describe it. Pero, ang daming reactions, ang daming nag-worry. Pero kunwari, tulad nitong last year lang, nung August at saka nung June, meron ding days actually na tumaas pa din yung, yung concentration ng particles in the air. And actually, may influence doon yung Taal Volcano, yung emissions. Pero dahil hindi na siya grayish, hindi na masyadong nagsasmog, hindi na siya as reported or hindi na rin siya as alarming kasi malaking factor din talaga na mas nagre-react yung mga tao pag nakikita ng mata. <laughs> so I would imagine na yun nga, with those factors, medyo that's that's one of the maybe the challenges in getting everyone on the same page, so to speak, about the air pollution problem in the Philippines. So I'm curious, no, based on your experiences and your interactions with people, ano ba ang general na masasabi mong sentiment or pananaw ng publiko sa air pollution problem? Well, usually yung mga tao na merong mga health condition, syempre sila rin yung mas sensitive sa quality of air. So, we would expect na yung mga taong may mga hika or asthma or may mga respiratory conditions, mas napapansin kasi rin nila yun kung, kung mas inuubo sila or mas affected ng quality of air. You would also expect people who spend time outdoors to be more involved or to be more conscious. Halimbawa, yung mga nagbabike, mas napapansin nila yan. Kasi syempre, lagi silang nasa labas. So yung perception depende kung ano rin yung kinalalagyan mo or madalas mong pinagsistayan. So we actually had a perception study noong 2017. We had this, so we interviewed different students from Ateneo, Lasalle, UP, Binild to get an idea ng ano nga ba yung naisip ng mga tao. Although syempre dito sa survey na to, most are students and most are students of ours pa. So, as expected, medyo mataas yung awareness na okay, ito yung air pollution, ito yung mga different air pollutants. Pero, when we ask them, how do you think it's personally affecting you, your personal health and safety? Kahit na ang sagot nila ay medyo mataas yung air pollution, air quality is declining, Nung tinanong mo na sila kung ano yung sa tingin nila direct impact sa kanila, feeling nila hindi mataas. That's a big disconnect. So, the the big challenge nga kasi is that also when you're talking about air pollution, not all impacts are acute or immediate. Yung iba, long term. Tapos, depende rin siya nga yung sinakwento ko kanina na depende sa perception mo. Kasi kung yung ang normal para sa'yo ay high pollution, hindi mo na yun mapapansin kung mas lumalala pa siya. And interestingly, and napansin namin doon, if 
the demographics or yung part ng mga nagsasagot ng survey, they live, for example, in, you know, exclusive subdivisions or in areas na medyo mas maraming green spaces or mas malalawak na lugar. Kasi syempre, mas, uh, mas nakakapag-disperse yung hangin, merong mixing. So relatively, mas kahit na may sources of pollution ka, nadi-disperse niya. So parang medyo mas fresh yung hangin. So para sa'yo, ang perception mo, okay naman yung air quality sa Pilipinas. Or meron din, actually very recent lang, meron akong mga na-meet na mga diplomat, ganyan. Tapos parang ang tanong din sa akin, oh, so you work in air quality. Uh, you know, it's not as bad as what I thought. Tapos parang sabi ko, where do you stay? Tapos parang sabi ko, in BGC. Tapos parang ako, well, <laughs> BGC. <laughs> so, yan, dun pumapasok yung kaya napakahirap sagutin all the time ng so costing air quality yan kasi depende talaga. Pero kunwari, punta ka sa may port area, punta ka sa lugar na medyo kulog. Kunwari, sa ilalim. May mga kunwari, sa Akbaw or sa EDSA. Pag nasa ilalim ka nung mga nung overpass at saka nung mismo MRT. Iba yung syempre. Iba yung kalidad ng hangin doon. <laughs> okay. So, nakita ko na this is one of the challenges in air quality management, air pollution here in the Philippines. Can you name some or share with us some of the other challenges that maybe we should know in terms of yung air quality management dito sa Philippines? Okay, so for air quality management, so what I personally see would be there are three main things na, challenge, na challenging. First one would be the measurements. Of course, the more information that we have, na naipaparating sa mga tao, the more that people would actually be involved. Kasi right now, we have limited sources of information. So technically, if you ask a person on a normal basis, ba siyang idea? Hindi siya, you know, parang in terms of numbers, in terms of data, konti lang talaga yung source natin ng data for now. Yung measurement kasi ng air quality is very expensive then and at the same time medyo resource intensive siya in terms of manpower in terms of other resources aside from bibilin mo kasi instrument meron din siya mga maintenance costs tapos another factor din kasi yung real time na pag-share ng data kasi kahit na meron kang measurements pero kung hindi mo yun na i-share agad sa public Then, technically, kumbaga, as dinescribe nga nung mga stakeholders namin dati na parang, eh, last week pa yung data na yan. Kumbaga, panis na. <laughs> quote, unquote. <laughs> so, malaking factor yon na kailangan natin ng mas maraming sources of data. And then, at the same time, i-clarify din natin, we want accurate sources of data. Marami rin kasi tayong mga lumalabas na rin. You know, mga pwede nga umorder sa Lazada, sa Shopee. Pero, kailangan lang natin mag-ingat kasi maganda na dapat sure tayo dun sa quality nung instrument itself. And ano to eh, for most optic-based sensors, kasi or mga laser-based sensors, usually there's a positive bias. Dapat kasi kinokorekt yun bago ginagamit yung data. So usually there's a process, itatabi mo siya sa reference instrument. So medyo tedious. So that's one, so measurement, saka yung data. Another one would be, of course, leadership. 
So this goes sa, sa government aspect. Malaking malaking factor if the person leading the agency or the government actually understands and gives value to environmental problems and specifically for air pollution. We partner, so Cleaner Asia partners with national and local governments. Tapos yung mga nakikita namin talaga na sobrang masigasig na mga, na mga offices and mga LGUs, yung talagang naiintindihan or at least pinipilit intindihin kung paano mariresolve yung issue. Malaking-malaking factor to kasi sometimes din kahit na andyan yung issue pero hindi siya priority ng leaders, hindi rin siya ma-address. And then the third one na we see also as a challenge would be yung solutions. The solutions have to be inclusive. So when we say inclusive solutions, hindi siya yung parang inihain lang natin nang hindi natin i-consider kung paano siya i-implement at paano magko-comply yung mga tao that would be affected by the solutions. So for example, And I'd like to share this because it was also a learning experience for me. For the longest time, kasama rin sa na-identify na sources of air pollution would be vehicles, of course, and public transport. So you have buses, you have jeepneys, and it's true naman na indeed, lalo na kasi the older the engine kasi, the higher the emissions. Pero... Hindi ibig sabihin nun na ang solusyon mo na lang ay tanggalin mo lahat ng jeep. Hindi yun yung inclusive na solusyon. Kasi nga in reality, hindi lang naman science yung sagot. So we really have to look into all aspects of it, the socio-economic aspects of it. Lalo na if ang um, solutions natin nga, more on one-sided lang. It's a very complex process ng Technically, na, ang sagot, nandun din sa tatlong yon. So you have the measurements, the data, the leadership, and the inclusive solutions. So ang kalangan natin, you use the science to guide the policymakers para meron kang good leadership. And then at the same time, para magkaroon ka ng inclusive na solution, isasali mo yung stakeholders when you develop plans, when you make solutions. Kasi otherwise hindi rin mag-work yung mga proposed na gagawin. Kasi yung mga persons involved, hindi nila naiintindihan, hindi napapaliwanag, walang sistema, walang mechanism. So, mas mahirap mag-implement ng solutions. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I agree with what you, with the, the three that you outlined. And I love especially that you mentioned yung pagiging inclusive ng solutions. If there's one, I would say, na, na recurring theme <laughs> ng mga podcast episodes ng Ask Theory, it's that nare-reiterate yung importansya ng inclusive science or doing science, sabi nga ni, ni TJ Cipriano, doing science with the people. And specifically in the context of air quality management, no, there's this concept that we call just transition na you, know, you don't just implement these solutions na, ah, okay, sige, yung lahat ng mga jeep, palitan natin, gawin natin Egypt i-phase out natin yung mga luma kasi sisira yung environment dyan eh. Without considering yung implications nun, yung impact nun sa buhay not just ng mga driver, pati ng mga families nila, ng mga passengers. Kasi for, for, for example, the very basic problem of cost 
no? Who is going to pay for the upgrades, the phasing out? Ano yung payment scheme for the new vehicles? Ano yung mangyayari dun sa Luma? Kahit dun dun pa lang sa problem na yun, kung hindi kayo makaka... If you don't see eye to eye on how this will help the uh, the drivers adjust or adapt, no? Because I've actually spoken to a lot of them. And they are aware, yung mga nakausap ko, they are aware of the problem. They they do believe that changes are necessary. But the, the problem always parang boils down to, will these changes still allow me to feed my family? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And unfortunately, kaya sobrang hirap din na, uh, you know, to deal with environmental issues, lalo na sa Pilipinas, kasi very much linked siya with Basically, it boils down nga dun sa, ang priority muna siyempre, the livelihood. So, I agree with what you said nga na, ang, usually kasi parang for, for the longest time, na na-view rin na when you're doing science, tapos pag binigay mo yung data mo, yung explanation mo, feeling natin, yun na yung sagot. Yeah. So, One that, and done. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. And that was actually my my learning rin. So, you know, I have a, a so very academic background feeling ko yes data pag binigyan tong data na to ito na ito nang ito nang sagot or ito na gagawin na nila tong policy change papalitan na nila to so you know as a young uh, science person at some point i thought that was the end of it all i mean the the end all be all solution so when i started working for for Cleaner Asia nga, we really look at the decision making process itself dun ko naintindihan na yung data, simula pa lang siya. Kasi kung kahit na may data ka, so number one, so you have to have the data, kailangan din maipapaliwanag mo siya ng maigi dun sa gagamit ng data. <laughs> Otherwise, hindi din siya magagamit to its full extent. Tapos, just like what you mentioned nga yung sa mga jeepney drivers din, and mayroon din kasi sometimes parang nagiging laging binary yung, yung discussion na parang kung in favor ka dito, against ka na dun sa kabila. Very, very sensitive issue, no? Lalo na yung mga pag-usapan yung sa face-out ng mga jeepney. So, definitely, maraming problems dun sa pag-allow kasi. And for me personally, so this does not reflect my, my organization's insights. It stems from consistency of implementation. Kasi yung mga batas natin, supposedly, nandun na nakapaloob kung paano mo i-insure na ma-improve yung air quality. So, in the context of vehicles, meron kang vehicle inspection, emissions testing. Kung supposedly mahigpit siyang naipapatupad, then a lot of vehicle owners, hindi lang jeepneys, kahit trucks, pati buses, they would know na supposedly hindi sila nagpa-apply ng roads kung hindi maganda yung emissions nila. And nag-system din kasi siya with proper maintenance, right? So, doon papasok na dahil for the longest time, okay naman, nakakalusot naman. So, masyado nang ingrained din. Tapos, ang nangyari pa doon sa implementation, hindi rin malinaw yung timeline. Tapos, tulad nga yung na-mention mo, yung structure. How? How? Paano gagawin? Tapos, for most of the drivers then that we were able to discuss with, parang gusto naman nila eh. Alam naman nila na hindi okay yon sa kalusugan. Pero anong gagawin nila, actually they're also willing to to shell out a portion of their money para nga lang ma- ma- make sure na hindi ganun kataas yung emissions. Pero most of these kasi are, are short term lang. 
Like, may mga, may mga nilalagay sila dyan, nililinis nila yung sa tambucho, pero hininga kasi siya long term. And actually, to, for overall, kahit hindi lang, of course, sa, sa jeepney drivers, for all aspects na gusto kasi natin ng change. So, this is what I learned from the ERCA course that I took before so explain ng prof namin. Kasi parang, even, parallel kasi ang air quality and climate change kasi they come from the same sources. Industry, you have vehicles, you have different activities, burning. Tapos, so the question is, ano na, nang gagawin natin? O, ang dami naman ng data, ang dami ng publications. O, ano pa rin nangyayari? <laughs> So what we have to remember is that knowing is different from actually doing something. Kailangan na nating i-change yung mindset na ang kailangan lang lagi ay awareness. Kasi hindi lang siya about awareness. Yung information, of course, it's very important kasi it's the beginning. But we also need obligation or the penalties. Kasi if you can get away with it, diba, bakit ka mag-report? Tapos... You also have to have encouragement. Ano ba yung benefits if I do this? Anong mapapala ko? Diba? Yun yung, yun yung mga practical kasi na tinatanong in the real world. Ba't ko ba ito gagawin? Anong, What's in it for me? Yes. What's in it for me? Tapos, syempre kasi, we, we also have to accept na lalo na if we're talking about environmental issues. Kasama din yung context of convenience. So, Parang, di ba, ba't ko ito gagawin? Mahasil ako. Ano bang, what's in it? Makukuha ko dito. But very important, meron dapat structure. Ano dapat yung means to change? And this is also where we look to the government. Kasi the government, so po, technically, should have the resources to put in place structures, mechanisms, to make it easier to implement changes. Yun yung mga for me rin, parang late ko na rin na- naintindihan. And then yung dinagdag pa nga nung boss namin sa Queen Rage is that we have to have systems thinking. Kasi rin, specifically for air pollution, hindi lang siya problem ng DNR. Problem din siya dapat ng DTI, ng DOH, ng DOE. Pero just like in many issues, most of the time kasi medyo parang kumbaga, this is parang medyo kanya-kanya pa rin. We try, of course, pero yun yung kailangan natin i-accept na we really have to work with each other. Yeah, I agree. May naalala tuloy akong parang, hindi ko nababanggitin kung aling agency. Naalala ko when I attended a press conference and nag-open ng floor for questions. And so, at the time, hindi ko na rin i-specify, there was a major environmental issue, environment-related issue, na I strongly felt na yung agency na yun should have something to say about, given what that agency is about. So I asked, Sir, nag-consult po ba sa inyo itong so-and-so other agency about this current issue? Kasi given your expertise and the subject matter that we're talking about today, I think this is very relevant. And then ang naging sagot niya sa akin is, ah, hindi, kasi meron silang sariling experts na kinonsult for that. And medyo out, out of our, ano. Pero parang naisip ko, okay, I understand the uh, the delineation of responsibilities of each agency, but You know, when when there's overlap, you would think that they would exchange data or 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 maski man lang out of concern na parang oy, parang uh, for, uh, for example, oy, parang yung tree planting activity nyo parang hindi yan swak dahil uh, parang invasive species ata yung tinatrim nyo, etc, etc, etc. Et or itong rehabilitation project nyo for 
so-and-so area, parang hindi yan okay kasi based on our our data, ganyan, 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 ganyan. Pero parang wala akong nakitang or nababalitaan na masyadong ganun. And I think that really highlights what you said about kailangan yung accountability, matuto tayo na shared siya. Hindi lang siya problema ko lang yan o problema lang na yan. Problema natin to. Agree. Completely agree. And mapapansin natin, no, systemic siya. Kasi actually, meron siya sa isang agency. So, in, in Cleaner Asia, what we what how we approach this kasi makikita natin to even at the local level at the national level so yung solution dito is that every time there's an effort supposedly dapat ma-institutionalize yung solution so what does it mean so halimbawa kung we're talking about at the national level lagi nating i ibibring up na di ba po nakalagay dito sa cleaner act supposedly itong agencies na to so, dapat merong pong coordination among this. Or halimbawa naman at the local level. So, yung mga different departments kasi, usually rin, nag-ano sila, nag-silos, ganyan. So, dapat ang approach would be start from the top. Kasi halimbawa, if you have the support of the mayor or of the governor, tapos institutionalized as in merong written document na bumubuo ka ng task force or you have a special order that you, these people, these specific persons from each office, you must talk to each other. You must have regular meetings. Mas nasusupport niya yung action. So, ayun, it's it's really a systematic problem. Pero I'd like to encourage Ren, kasi this is where the public comes in. This is where NGOs and academics come in. Akala ko rin kasi data, I'm on the other side of the fence. Eh. Nung, nung nasa master's pa lang ako, parang siya, ba't di naman ito ginagawa yung trabaho na <laughs> Tapos nung nakakausap ko na sila, nakaka- naintindihan ko na kung gano'n rin kahirap na sometimes even if the person you're talking to would really want to do all these things, kung wala kasing order from taas, hindi rin makakagalaw kagad yung person na yun. So anong pwede natin gawin? Sometimes, kung national level, merong mga committee yan sa Senate at saka sa Congress. So usually, di ba, may power kasi yung mga yun na magpatawag ng mga agencies to actually ask. So that's one. And especially now, with the power of social media. So malaka talaga yung impact niyan. Kasi we have worked then with national and mga local governments na they actually react depending kung ano yung ingay sa social media pati kung ano rin yung, even protests actually work. And in some cases, even, parang katulad sa Manila Bay, mandamus cases, it actually can work. And it's actually supported in the law, supposedly, that citizen suits can be filed. Wherein pag meron kang enough evidence na hindi ginagawa ng agency na to, ang isang specific na task or role, pwede mo siyang ihabla or pwede mo siyang, yun nga, you can put up a suit. So, pwede tayong may, may role tayo dito. So, hindi siya yung parang akala ko dati, ah, wala na itong pag-asa. Pero hindi. You can do something. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientipico and Science Scramble. Stay curious! <laughs>